You are listening to Between Two Consultants, Logic 2020's original business and technology podcast. I'm Nick Kelly. And I'm Ethan Silvers. We're two consultants who talk to super smart people about the latest trends in technology and business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Between Two Consultants. I am Nicholas Kelly. And I am Ethan Silvers. And today we're talking about a data and analytics topic called insights mapping. And to learn all about what that is, we have Mick Wagner with us. So Mick, I'll ask you for a short introduction and what is insights mapping? Perfect, thanks, Nick. Uh, So my name is Mick Wagner. I'm the senior solutions architect for advanced analytics at Logic 2020. Um, I've spent my career doing um, work all across the analytics work stream, including um, analysis, to development, to team management, to architecture, um, spanning data science, data engineering, and and, and visual analytics. And so um, today, um, Ethan and and Nick asked me to talk about the concept of of insights mapping. And so insights mapping is um, kind of a natural evolution of of what we've seen as the different data tools to help evolve uh, data literacy. And so right now, a very, very standard thing is the idea of having a, a data catalog, which helps solve the problem of being able to understand where data is coming from, which sources, what does the data look like, and the more advanced versions are also certifying data, um, ensuring that's correct and, and has the right concepts. Um, the next evolution from there, kind of moving to um, become more friendly for the user, is, is a report catalog. So a report catalog would have such things as, what is the report? You know, where does it live? When was the last updated? So, so a lot of a lot of technical details, and so we've gone and, and taken this one step further um, as we've been working with a lot of our different clients and, and trying to really kind of um, make some more sense out of all the, the data and reporting that exists um, to create a concept called insights mapping. So insights mapping goes that step further, where instead of just looking at what is the report title, who made it, when it was last refreshed but really understanding what are the insights you're gonna get out of looking at this report? How are you going to be able to understand your customer better? How are you going to be able to actually use this data to have knowledge to actually drive action um, for your business? Mick, um, thank you for that. It's called insights mapping. So like just painting a visual for us, is it actually putting together a map? So that's a, that's a really good question, Ethan. And thank so you. Thank when you for we, that. When we worked on this, um, you know, so we spent some time with with one of our, our telecom clients and, and kind of developing this, and, and we've realized the problem that a lot of people have is when they share this information, they fall back to creating Word docs, or creating Excel spreadsheets, creating all these documents that are kind of hard to navigate. And the truth is, when you're looking at all this, there are some relationships that can connect these different pieces. And so where this all kind of started at was looking at our enterprise dashboard process and and the technique we use between having different workshops and and really having a a persona-driven approach to dashboards that kind of led us down this path. And so it's important to kind of understand that everyone interacts with with data a little bit differently. Some people have questions they want to ask of the data. They, They kind of, they know what they want to ask and they know what they'll do with the answer. Um, other people know there's an action they need to take, but they don't have the data to support that action. Um, while other folks are just given, here's a KPI to manage towards, go, go to it. And so the big breakthrough we had was, was moving away from these Excel tables and, and Word tables and Word documents. And we essentially created what we um, like to call in-house uh, the dashboard of dashboards. 
And so because all these properties are so interactive and the way that people think about data isn't necessarily in a linear path connecting one component to the next, but it's really how do these three pieces come together along with who should be looking at the data and who should be using it. And so we have a, a collection of, of dashboards that allow you to go in and actually understand what is the action to take, where would you find this, well, how are the KPIs derived, and what are the different patterns or not that you could, um, could be looking at. Nick, you you'd mentioned one thing that people usually end up kind of working in their Word docs are are doing something in Excel and, and trying to figure it out. And it's kind of like almost like a, not necessarily because they want to, it's because they need to, and then because no one else is doing it. It's like, there seems to just be an obvious gap. Um, like, like, how have you seen that being solved, you know, just like in the wild by itself, you know, without, without the approach you're talking about, um, how do people deal with that? And maybe they don't, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. So it's a good question, right? And I don't think people are actually solving this problem right now. I think what you've seen is as the different technologies in the data analytics world have, have improved, they've become easier to use. There's been this big move to um, democratize data, to make it available for everyone, to ensure that they can, you know, everyone can use the data and create what they want. And what's happened is everyone's done that. So now you have an amazing amount of content material out there that you can't really get your head wrapped around what's useful and what's not. And so what people have done before is, you know, you know, we were actually interviewed several different users. Um, they each kind of had to discover their own path to finding the analytics that was helpful. And they had a collection of, you know, bookmarks and they kind of knew I go here and I look here and maybe that's important, but oh yeah, I know that data is always bad. So eh, maybe I look at that, maybe I don't. And so they actually regressed back to a state that was probably worse from when they had less reports to look at. Um, and so it's an interesting problem. I think this is going to continue to be um, a problem moving moving forward as more people are using data. I think the, the biggest challenge, and this is one that we're um, actively seeking out different machine learning um, solutions to solve, is that you still need to manually do this stuff. You need to go look at all the reports. You need to actually understand how they're being used. And so what happens is most people who develop these things they, they like to shortcut the requirements gathering, the truly understanding how the data is going to be used. And so they build all this stuff, and then when we go work with them, they realize that there was no thought as to how this data is gonna be used, who's gonna be using it, what, what, what questions they're answering, what, what corporate goals does it tie back to, it, whose OKRs are they helping um, achieve? And so the big gotcha, is, as with all technology projects, is that you also have to have process change. And so when teams go to develop new, um, new dashboards, they need to be thinking through these concepts. So once we implement this with the team, we give them a very simple, ironically, Excel backend they're using for the report development. So they can go in there and as long as they're you know, executing these different ideas, understanding the key business questions, the actions to be taken, the, the important KPIs, and, and cataloging it as they're doing the development, it'll actually speed things up in the long run. So taking a shortcut actually does the opposite. That's right, yeah. And then what will happen is, um, it's kind of another interesting pain point we see, because the technology's gotten easier to use, you end up having um, your super business analyst who's actually going through and developing all this content, um, but they might not be familiar with what other people are doing, so it's hard to share and collaborate. And then because um, they may not um, be coming from a you know, data engineering or computer science background, they might not understand that the data models and calculations they made might be incorrect 
or not as, as efficient as they could be. So all this kind of bundles into this bigger problem of um, analytics governance, um, which is kind of funny, right? You you kind of look at different patterns and trends, and it was back in the 80s and 90s, governance was was all the rage, and then with big data, we threw it all out because who cared? We just had to you know get our hands on big data. And now we're realizing, oh, we really need to have this under control. Um, and so you're seeing this big movement come back. You're seeing a lot of the um, uh, different data catalogs coming out that are, that are cloud friendly and that work across multiple clouds. So you're seeing this pattern right now. And what you're going to see, um, I think, moving onwards is this, you know, this idea behind insights mapping and how do you kind of connect these concepts together. And so it's, it's going to be interesting. I think this is something like I said, you're going to hear a lot about in the next three to five years or concepts that are similar as people try to um, really kind of simplify their workloads. Mick, I, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. You've mentioned the term OKRs, and, and mm -hmm. if you could quickly describe what that is. But um, I have an OKR for Ethan, which is in 2021, to be more insightful. Mm -hmm. and could you just quickly describe? Good to have, good to have stretch goals, Nick. Yeah, and I'm not alone there. Um, if you could describe what an OKR is in the context of what you're talking about, and also uh, suggest one that Ethan might be able to strive towards as well. Well, yeah, so OKRs are actually, um, it's a concept that goes back a ways. I'm uh, forgetting the gentleman's name, but it came from a uh, venture capital investor who was working very closely with, uh, with Google once they got up and going big. And it was a very simple um, goal management structure behind having objectives and then key results that define that you've hit those objectives. And I think a key part that a lot of people missed was, you know, Google was the big success story behind this. Now everyone's kind of doing it was that the leadership literally kept on a piece of paper taped to their doors, visible to everyone. What were their objectives and, and key results? So everyone kind of knew what numbers they had to snap into and kind of lined up with that. Um, I mean, I think for you guys, the biggest thing was was helping, you know, share this vast amount of knowledge between the, the two of you to the um, broader industry. So I think that was your objective, and I think your key results are, are getting, you know, fabulous, you know, solutions architects um, on, on your call, um, and then getting high uh, viewer numbers. I think that's a that's a good starting place for you guys. Uh, who would you say are the people who would gain most value? Um, and like, what are one or two or three things that if they were to do um, insights mapping, they'd gain from it? That's a good question. So Thank I think you. what insights mapping is, it's interesting, right? Because it has a, a ton of kind of end users. So when we recently implemented this, this was for a director level um, uh, who wanted to kind of understand what are all the analytics currently being used? And it was going to help him drive investments he was going to do towards certain areas that didn't have the appropriate coverage. So it was really valuable for him for a point in time kind of analysis and understand what can I currently answer, what can I not. Um, in this case, we actually included kind of a, a broader uh, product management kind of metric framework. Um, that was critical to kind of tie all this together to kind of understand um, not only what are they currently looking at, but what, what should they look at. Um, but I also say that end users get a ton of value out of this. And so this was kind of where the inspiration came from was a lot of the end users were saying, look, there's reports everywhere, there's data everywhere. I don't know where to go. I don't know which ones are correct. I don't know how to use this. And frankly, I don't have time to do this. And so having that single place we're going to go to with a very you know, business-focused um, kind of approach makes it very easy for them to kind of type in like, oh, I'm interested in this metric. And so you can type this in or search into one of the filters on the, on the dashboard dashboards, and it would tell you, oh, 
this metric is associated with these actions, and it's also associated with, with these um, key business questions. And here are all the dashboards are currently in with links so you could quickly um, go to um, the, the full live dashboards where they live at. And so this is really a tool that's that's really helpful kind of across the board from, from not only a point in time analysis of set investments and, and priorities, but also um, to understand where are all the reports and for end users to really be using, we could imagine this as a, an enterprise um, analytics ecosystem grows, could be being used every day um, to help with onboarding and new people and also people who are, who are currently out there so they can keep up to date on all the new reports being uh, published. Nick, the, uh, hearing you talk there, it's, uh, you know, one of the benefits sounds like you don't have to start from scratch. You don't have to throw everything out the window. You know, you may have 100, 200, thousands of reports out there. Um, for sure, you know, everyone would love to just you know, hit the reset button and start and everything's perfect. What insights mapping sounds like is you can take what you have right now, figure out basically what's valuable, mm -hmm. what metrics and KPIs are, are there and associate those with business questions as well as the uh, as associated actions with them. So do you do you think there is like any major barrier and for people listening to this and thinking, okay, I'd love to start doing this. Where would where would you suggest people start? Yeah, so there there is a little bit of a barrier, right? Like for this to be successful, you need to have the people doing the assessment having, you know, at least a, a medium to advanced level of, of data literacy. Because um, what will happen is we kind of discover this as people were disconnected from the, the core business problem they're trying to solve. They were creating all these reports, but it was hard to actually tie back as to how they were being used. And so that's probably the, the biggest barrier getting going. If you're dealing with a situation with a large um, volume of reports, um, there isn't necessarily an automated way to do this, right? So we're, we're looking in the ways of, you know, essentially kind of reverse engineering kind of the, the Q&A search format in Power BI to make this a little bit quicker. But you know, you're only going to be able to extract out what people put into it. And if people went into the design process not really understanding how it's going to get used, they're just you're always going to kind of have that um, that barrier to to get across. I think, and as we're wrapping up with us one or two more questions, Mick, uh, what do you see as the future, the trends where insight mapping is going to bring us? Yeah, well. Where I would love to see it is actually uh, as you know, baked into some of these major uh, dashboarding tools, right? Things like Tableau and Power BI and Domo and Looker and all those sorts of concepts. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, right? So I think if you look at the evolution of the data cataloging tools, where they've been kind of having a hard time focusing on the business audience and been very kind of IT focused. So very focused on data lineage and these things that you can you know, automate and do very quickly, but aren't really helpful. And so I imagine there'll be a pretty long period of time where these will need to be kind of custom tools. And, and what I'd recommend is, you know, leveraging a lot of the platforms we have. So for our prior client, they were using Power BI, so we built the dashboard in Power, Power BI. Um, but there are cases where, um, and there might be other kind of open source tools you could use to kind of help move these across. Um, looking into you know combining this concept with a uh, insights hub, which is essentially the idea insights hub or analytics hub. They kind of go by both those phrases, but it's the idea of creating that one central marketplace or store for all insights and all reporting that is you know spanning across multiple technologies, 
And so I could see something like this being very, very powerful kind of embedded in there. But for the time being, I think you're going to see a, a higher need for it. I think it's going to be hard for people to actually explain what they want. But when they see something like this, usually most people just, it just clicks and they're like, oh my God, this makes perfect sense. I, I can totally understand how I need to do this. But I wouldn't see any, um, you know, production um, enterprise sort of off the shelf solutions for gosh, probably three to six years would be my guess. Nick, anything else we want to bring up? No, I, I think just to highlight that term that Mick brought up there, which was the, the analytics hubs or the insights hubs as well, and just being maybe an interesting thing for people to look at as well. But Mick, that's been really good. Um, I don't have anything else even. So, um, if anyone has any any help they want to have, we're, we're always open to having brainstorming sessions to help um, kind of figure out how to you know, improve the data literacy and get better use of your analytics for your company. Fantastic. Thanks, Mick, so much for your time. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on this episode of Between Three Consultants. My name's Ethan Silvers. I'm Nicholas Kelly. Take care, everyone. You've been listening to Logic 2020's Between Two Consultants. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe so you can get each episode delivered directly to your favorite podcast app. To learn more, visit our website at logic2020.com. You can also find us, Nicholas Kelly and Ethan Silvers, on LinkedIn. So give us a follow. See you next time.